Good morning. I'm Kim Brown, president of JNBA Financial Advisors in Minneapolis, Minnesota. We're recording this discussion on April 6, 2022. Joining me for this conversation are two senior members of JNBA's Investment Committee, David Webb, Director of Investment Management, and John Foster, a senior advisor and investment strategist. Good morning, David and John, and thank you for joining me today. David, markets have experienced a fairly volatile first quarter with news headlines focused on rising inflation and obviously the first land war in Europe since World War II. How have these historical events impacted the financial markets this past quarter, and what major surprises did we see unfold? Thanks for the question, Kim. Well, after coming to the realization that inflation would be more than just transitory, we've seen financial markets push yields higher, and the recent conflict in Ukraine just added a little bit more fuel to the fire as war in general tends to be quite inflationary. Uh, which explains some of the pain that many of us have been feeling at the gas pump and the grocery store more recently. And then as for major surprises this quarter, there were two major ones really apart from Russia's invasion of a sovereign nation. Um, The first would be just that bonds and stocks were both down in the mid single digits in the first quarter, Uh, but bonds lost a bit more than stocks, which is pretty unusual. Uh, Typically what we see is bonds do very well in a risk off scenario. Uh, The second uh, thing that we noticed is, you know, the quarter didn't at first look like it was going to turn out that way. Uh, It was really only in the back half of March that stocks staged an incredible recovery and and made up more than half of their losses. Um, In fact, as we looked into the details, it was actually the biggest stock market rally to coincide with the start of a rate hiking cycle since World War II. Uh, So in, in general, Kim, it was definitely a quarter for the history books. Yeah, wow. Thanks for sharing, David. So, John, given that we've talked uh, about bonds a bit, what are some of the key characteristics investors need to reflect upon when thinking about how they actually work in their ultimate role in a portfolio? Yeah, thanks, Kim. I, I think, you know, as investors think about bonds, a lot of times they think that, you know, higher interest rates are, are a good thing, which they are for new bond buyers. But for bondholders, what they actually see is prices go down. Uh, For example, if you own a 2% bond and if interest rates jump to 4%, people are just going to be willing to pay you less for that 2% bond. And so the price has to go down to reflect the fact it's a lower yield. Uh, So it's a good thing for bond buyers, but often not a good thing for current bond investors or bondholders. Really the role, though, that bonds play in the portfolio is to provide income and stability. And with rates as low as they were, they weren't providing much income, but they still provide a level of stability. Uh, As David mentioned, bonds had a bad first quarter, you know, their worst quarter, in fact, in 40 years. Uh, But that was a loss in the mid-single digits compared to stocks, where stocks in their worst quarter have lost up to a quarter to one-third of their value. So bonds are a lot less volatile than stocks. And now with higher rates, they'll start providing better income for investors. Thank you, John. David, maybe you can uh, share a little bit about how JNBA constructs the bond portion of our portfolios. Absolutely. Uh, So for, for our more aggressive investors, those who are typically younger and have higher allocations to stocks, 
we will try to use more defensive bonds to diversify what is essentially on the whole already a growth-oriented stock portfolio. Uh, so for these clients, their, their bonds tend to be more interest rate sensitive, but far less economically sensitive. After all, um, we're not all that interested in taking too much risk in the bond portfolio since they're already taking plenty of risk in the stock portfolio. So that's, that's point one. On the, on the other hand, for our more conservative investors, if you think of those who might be a bit older because, um, they're, and they're more conservative because they're either in retirement or approaching retirement, we're going to use um, bonds that often have a little bit more credit risk. Uh, they tend to be um, a little less interest rate sensitive. Um, these clients are already taking ample amounts of interest rate risk with larger allocations to bonds in general. So if you were to compare their portfolios to those of a younger client, they might have a bit more corporate bonds or, or riskier debt as part of the mix. But um, but what we found is when you add a little bit more credit risk to what's already a very bond heavy portfolio, it often results in less volatility and more return. So we take a very holistic approach to the life stage of where an investor's at. And then maybe just the last point I, I guess I'll make, the investment committee really does look to hedge against inflation. And so one of the things we, we've been doing is we've made sure that a, a good portion of the assets in one's portfolio will respond well to unexpected inflation. And uh, this could include a number of different assets, but typically it's going to be you know real estate, commodities, and gold. And we refer to this as our inflation hedge. And while it doesn't always march in perfect lockstep with what inflation is doing, it's proven to be an effective hedge over time when inflation does become uh, more of a, a threat to portfolios. Okay, great, David. That's very helpful. Thank you. Before we go, either John or David or both, um, one final question. What does our investment committee believe the future has in store for investors as the, the rest of this year, I guess the rest of this unprecedented year, uh, continues to unfold? Yeah, Kim. Uh, you know, I really think the, the shape of the yield curve probably best represents what investors think will happen with interest rates. And right now, the yield curve really has no shape. It's almost completely flat. All yields from two years to 30 years range between two and a half and two and three quarters percent. And that's really in line with kind of the current market consensus that the Fed's going to hike rates about eight times that would put fed funds right around two and a quarter to two and a half percent i think what's interesting to note is that we've had you know kind of six of these major rate hiking campaigns since 1980 and each one actually had a lower fed funds rate than the uh the preceding rate hike cycle and the last rate hike cycle that we did ended at two and a half percent so the market seems pretty content with the idea that, you know, about eight rate hikes is what it's going to take when you look at the yield curve and when you look at what's happened really over the last 40 years on those six major rate hike campaigns since 1980. The good news for investors, you know, as, as interest rates have gone up, is they'll get better yields. A 30-year mortgage right now is above 5%, and that's the highest it's been since 2013. So, you know, assets like mortgage-backed securities, corporate bonds, uh, will likely be able to get yields in the 4% range, uh, which is a lot higher than they were just a year ago. Uh, so for a while, we were investing mostly in bonds for stability, 
And now investors will get both stability and income out of those bond portfolios. I would just add on on the margin, um, as we've looked into um, what the market's pricing in, uh, most most of the investors out there are assuming that the Fed will bring inflation under control. So as we're seeing rates march higher here into an, an environment where you know, growth is probably going to slow a little bit due to those higher rates, as well as, you know, higher oil prices and food prices and such. Um, you know, usually stocks don't perform as well, you know, in, 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 a, in a rate environment like that, where the Fed is taking rates up and fundamentals are slowing. So on the margin, bonds um, not only look a little bit more attractive, but, but, but stocks are looking a little less attractive uh, in that context. Okay, well, thank you both, uh, David and John. One thing's for certain, we'll be keeping our eye on the ever-changing dynamics we're experiencing um, right now. I enjoyed the conversation, so thank you again for joining me, and thank you very much for listening today. We hope you will visit JNBA.com and tune into our other podcasts and videos where we cover both investment and financial life planning topics. Thank you for your continued trust in JNBA not just as your financial advisor, but also as your advocate. Please reach out if you need anything at all. You can find our contact information at jnba.com. Important disclosure information. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Therefore, it should not be assumed that future performance of any specific investment or investment strategy, including the investments and or investment strategies recommended and or undertaken by JMBA financial advisors or any non-investment related services, will be profitable, equal any historical performance levels, be suitable for your portfolio or individual situation, or prove successful. A copy of our current written disclosure brochure discussing our advisory services and fees is available upon request. The scope of the services to be provided depends upon the needs of the client and the terms of the engagement. Please see important disclosure information at www.jmba.com disclosure.